0: Hi everyone, I'm Kara Scott and welcome to the Heart of Poker, sponsored by 8, 8 Poker, where we aim to get to know the people behind the cards. I use a slightly modified version of the questions from the 36 Questions to Fall in Love study. These were developed by psychologists about 25 years ago as part of an experiment to see if they could make total strangers fall in love with this kind of shortcut for getting to know someone on a deeper level fast. My guest this time is German poker pro and high roller, Fedor Holtz. He's number one on Germany's all-time money list, a triple crown winner. He was ranked number one live in 2015, online in 2016. And even with this kind of success, rather than becoming completely single-minded about poker, Fedor is also an entrepreneur, a public speaker. He's really more of a renaissance man who seems driven to help other people, poker players of course, but not just them, achieve their potential. So I've been really looking forward to this interview and thank you, Fado, for coming to talk to me about, you know, life outside of poker and some of the big questions.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited for this.
0: Great. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like you're someone who has deliberately spent a fair amount of time looking at the big questions in life. Is that right?
1: Um, Depends what the big questions are. (laughs) But um, I love asking uh, others and myself questions. Yes.
0: Right. Okay, well we're going to start off with some of the easy questions. This comes in kind of three sets of questions. They get progressively more, you know, personal and deep as we go along. The first one being easy, it says given the choice of anyone in the world, who would you want as a dinner guest?
1: Um, we just recently had this this question and it actually really, really depends on um w- whether they need to answer the questions I have honestly. <laughs> because i i there's a couple of people I'm really curious about um, mm. I, who are who have a lot of information you know who who are involved uh, in a lot of things that are happening in the world like that could be um, um leaders of countries or, mm. or um, of running like owners of of very large companies like there's lots of things where I'm very curious. Right. Um so if they would if they would have to answer honestly I'd probably <laughs> uh, like to get dinner with uh, Putin or or someone like that. Right. Um but if it's more about just, you know, hanging out with someone and and having a good time and uh asking questions, I'm actually a big fan of uh Tim Urban um who hmm. does Wait But Why is like a really amazing blog. Um just uh, I I think a very curious uh and nice guy and then Stephen Dubner, I also always wanted to talk to. He he does this Freakonomics podcast, and I love ah. uh, how the guy talks. So these would be my picks.
0: Cool. Okay. Um, talking about your friends now, what would one of your best friends say is your worst habit?
1: Uh, I mean, there's a couple. There's a couple smaller ones that that come to mind. One is I'm definitely uh, frequently. Late for a couple of minutes, <laughs> um, so so I'm definitely like I spent spend a lot of time actually on on trying to get better at that, um, and then I I like to leave stuff around uh, wherever I go, so uh, that's that's also something, and I, I think also I can be I can be quite uh, uh, critical sometimes, so that mm. uh, when when I don't turn that into something positive, I think that can can also be uh, challenging sometimes.
0: Right. So critical of yourself, of, of, you know, others of, oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah, both. Yeah. I
1: mean, I, I guess it goes hand in hand.
0: I think it does. I've always kind of thought that people who can be quite critical of others tend to be very highly critical of themselves as well. It's just kind of high standards generally, you know, expecting people to really live up to things and themselves as well.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. I can identify with that.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I'm wondering if some of your other kind of bad habits, maybe it's partly because you're so busy. I mean, it feels like you have so many projects on the go at once. Is that just kind of my outside perspective or is that really what it's like for you? What kind of, what are you in the middle of at the moment?
1: Um, it's funny because I I hear this. A lot. There's a friend of mine um, who always used to say that. <laughs> and uh, he, he was always like, man, you you know, I could never do like you do. And you do all these projects. And and it, I was actually really honestly always wondering is like, I don't even feel it that way. Hmm. Um, but there were times where I definitely felt that way. So I, I would say, especially um, my last year in poker, um, I felt it was too much. And then also my second, third year in, in entrepreneurship, like when I got out of mm-hmm. poker, it also felt like a lot too much but in the moment actually it it more felt like you know 20% too much i was actually making a list you know huh. i was like okay what what do i want to do less and then i i i'm often in these situations where i i say it's too much and then i go through the things i'm doing i'm like oh no this i can't stop or like <laughs> oh no this i can and then and then actually all the seven <laughs> things I'm doing, I'm like, oh, okay, I, I maybe need to stop doing one of them.
0: <laughs> um, or you only want to stop doing one of them. Everything it, seems vital, right? It's,
1: um, I, I think I have trouble um, looking at them at the same time. You know, it's As- one thing doing one thing, and then it's another thing doing all of them in the same life. Mm. And I, I yeah. think that's, that's always like, it, it's kind of when you when you book travels, you know, when When you look at one trip, um, that trip might be really nice, but, um, you know, then you can look at, at 20 different trips, but if you do all 20 after each other, then it might get exhausting. And that's (laughs) how my life feels at times.
0: I can, yeah, I can kind of relate as well. Whenever I end up talking to people about my life and, you know, kind of different jobs that I've held or careers that I've had, it's like six or seven completely different lives. And poker has just been sort of the latest one of those. And it does feel a little bit, I don't know, a little bit exhausting. <laughs> i got to be honest. Do you have a project that kind of really has your heart, something that captures your imagination more than anything else? And it doesn't have to be a current one. It could be something you've already done. Mm,
1: yeah. I mean, I, if, I, if I think back, um, there's kind of a very, very specific emotional feeling
0: mm.
1: of when I am um, totally um, in it you know, mm-hmm. when I'm just 24 seven passively uh, working with the topic. And that's like, uh, when I, when I can't get enough of it. And I, I have that at times, um, I did have that in poker. I did have that, um, with, uh, when we started our first company, prime mind, like I, I did have that actually much more, um, with poker code and coaching where I really, mm-hmm. at some point it really clicked and I felt like, okay, I I want to get much more involved in that and and um, build that further. And that came a lot through the personal experience of seeing someone you know succeed and seeing someone um, go from amateur to full time pro and having yeah. a lot of fun with poker. Like that really, when when you see that you know fifty to hundred times, and and I I could see how much of a positive impact I could have on on people. Like it it became much less about about money and much more about that experience Mm. uh, which was pretty cool because if i if i look at prime mind um which is a mindset coaching app we did um started with elliot Rowe four or five years ago Mm -hmm. it 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 was um we really enjoyed um starting it but you have you're so far removed from the experience of the person right like you, you maybe get reviews or like you sometimes meet users but it it's um like i still remember moments when people um visited us and were like um telling us how you know it changed your life because they had mm-hmm. insomnia and they they it was a gr- I, I will never forget like a girl actually came up to us in portugal where we where we are on an event and she was she started to cry when she got at our booth um huh. and she said she she um volunteered for this festival because she wanted to meet us because she had insomnia her entire life and um with the the tapes elliot created she could she could sleep and and that helped her her studies because uh she always um wrote bad uh, exams because (laughs) she couldn't uh she couldn't focus so right moments like this um I that's when I realize why I want to do things. And, and I, mm. I feel like I'm much better at doing things when I have a lot of these personal uh, experiences.
0: Do you feel like where you are right now and the projects that you're working on right now kind of tap into that motivation for you? Do, are you feeling that kind of fulfillment? Yeah,
1: definitely. I, mm-hmm. I would say Poker Code, Um, given that it's very much around community and coaching, taps right. into that a lot. Um, and then I do coaching besides that where, um, it's just entrepreneurs or like, not, not very s- like selected just in the area, but just people I met where I felt like, Hey, maybe I can help them. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like, uh, I, I think not everyone, but like, there are certain people who, where I think my specific viewpoint helps them more than maybe others. Right. Um, just because it's a, it's a good match. and And they think in a certain way and exactly the way I challenge them helps them progress and that's mm. that's really nice and then uh, actually I would say there's the second side of me where I just really really love solving puzzles <laughs> and uh, that's I I would say all these things around playing poker playing chess like playing strategy games right um, crypto like nfts like anything in mm-hmm. that area where it's um like exciting and and um it it's playful but it's also aesthetic or creative or with other people collaboratively like all these things I, I love.
0: Mm-hmm. Are you finding that the the NFT space really <laughs> has that sense of community? Cause I mean I, I'm not deeply involved in it, but it does feel like there are some incredibly strong communities that really mm-hmm. are um about promoting obviously the particular you know, form of NFT, but the rest of the community as well, kind of lift one up, lift all up.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's obviously this, um, financial aspect of, Oh yeah. Of people trying <laughs> to profit and, and shilling their project. But actually, um, I, that's what I thought initially. I thought like, okay, you know, I was like, I don't see it. It's, it's a typical, it's a JPEG, mm-hmm. uh, a thought. And then I, I actually dove more into it and I talked to some people and I, I really joined a lot of discord channels and just kind of observed mm-hmm. and just kind of, you know, looked at it. And, and, and one part that I really like about it is um, all these um, how much more it can be, how much more it can be. I'm mm. um, like, I, you know, I, I loved reading um, fantasy books when I was a child and, and, and then I was trying to, to make a, uh, uh, you know draw connections you could also say oh it's just words you know oh it's just paper it's, <laughs> it's just it, it, but in the end it it sparks something it creates yeah. something you know people enjoy it like i i realize it's like it's not so, like it's not even at all about you know the technicality it's about the experience and the experience is very strong for a lot of people
0: yeah and i think the idea that you know the the metaverse is going to be so much more sophisticated than it is right now and kind of having things that you know avatars can wear or be or you know kind of skins that they can put on and having that in the future i think for a lot of people the idea of that sort of sophisticated future is also really interesting and intoxicating and it kind of for me anyways it taps into a lot of the the sci-fi that i read as a kid or a lot of stuff that i watched you know growing up as well and i don't know there's something very hopeful about it so Mm. I, i like that part of it um so for what in life do you feel most grateful? Um, huh. I, I'm
1: very grateful and, and very happy in my relationship. So that's mm. the first thing I had to think of my, my partner. And um, because she's, she has this um, beautiful, positive energy Hmm. and it it it's um something that I can feel in contrast specifically because um we live in different cities um and we see each other about half the time and so i i I have this feeling now when you know there's this this parallel life when I'm <laughs> with her and then when I'm alone and it's just so different and i I can see how much um how grateful I am for my friends and and um the people around me it's it's really incredible um if I look at at how different my life is when I am alone versus when I spend the time with the people that are close to me, Mm. Um, because that's always what I felt different to a lot of people. I, um, I interact with and, and the feedback I got a lot is um, that I was very um, not selective in an exclusive way, but really working on relationships and making sure that they're, that both sides are happy and, mm. and not engaging too much in in toxic relationships, or where I want you know where there's one side um, always has you know is always weighted towards one side, or mm-hmm. so so that really is something that I never really consciously did. I never designed it. I never really you know was like oh I got to do this. It was more something that I'm very grateful for that somehow mm. I have this gravitation towards towards that.
0: Do you think that it has anything to do with kind of your upbringing? Um, did you see a lot of that modeled, you know, when you were growing up? People making those, you know, good, strong choices? Uh, actually, no. Ah. No, I, I would say it has something to do with...
1: Um, it's it's my way of stumbling into things that are really good for me. And it's actually... Huh. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it has one driver I I would identify. And it is... I'm not very, um, disciplined. I'm not, I'm not a person that, you know, I don't set a goal and then force myself to achieve that at any cost. Like that's not me. Right. But the thing I hate more like, or, or pains me more than, um, than not doing something is doing something that I don't want to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so that's really I and, and my pain tolerance there is is much much lower than a lot of other people. You know, when when someone else is is um, experiencing something and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I I have so many people around me where they they do a job they don't like, right? And then they're like, yeah, they do it for three years, and I'm like. I quit, you know, I I quit after after day seven. It's, it also has this downside that I, you know, sometimes quit too prematurely or or don't really follow through with things or kick off things. And I'm learning that, but it it, it really got me into a lot of nice situations because I don't get stuck with something that drags me down. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that I would say is my, um, kind of my golden ticket in that area.
0: (sighs) Boy, if you could <laughs> if you could bottle that and sell it, I, people would buy that. I mean, that being able to have that kind of boundary setting and saying, "You know what? No, my time is valuable, my emotional energy is valuable, and, you know, 7 days into this job, it is really not doing it for me, and I'm gone." I think one of the things that, you know, we do as people as humans, a lot of us, not everyone, obviously you don't, but We waste a lot of time. We waste an an enormous amount of time when we just kind of don't have to. Hmm. Only If if only someone was coaching people not to do that. I don't
1: know. Actually, one thing I I just realized uh, while talking about it is the biggest thing that like this always um, stuck with me or stayed similar. But the thing that changed is over um, the last years or in the beginning in my childhood and through my teenager years and and, in my early 20s, I mostly went backwards. You know, it was like, Mm. I I realized that and then I removed myself, you know, I, I don't communicate much then anymore. Or like, I'm just going out of it, you know, like I Mm -hmm. I don't, I quit the job or like, uh, I mean, I worked for one day. I realized I literally like in my entire life, I I was (laughs) employed for half a day and um, it's, you know, it was always out of it, always removing myself. And over the last two years or three years, maybe four years starting um I, I make the step forward. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm communicating what doesn't feel great and then um make it clear that, you know, staying this way is not gonna work for me, but I'm willing um what kind of effort I'm willing to make or how it would need to be for me to work. And like making that step forward actually improved the quality of my relationships a hmm. lot. So that that is a I think combining these two things yeah. really does good for me.
0: Huh. Okay. One question left in this first set, and it is: if you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be?
1: Um. <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind is actually less, um, less rules. Mm. And I, I would say uh, one of the biggest burdens in my childhood was that I constantly felt forced and limited hmm. and I, I think that blocked a lot of the things that were really you know that could have been really beautiful and nice and like limited also my relationships because then I perceived that person that limited me as you know as as I said before I, I really feel extremely um, um, caged when you know when I do something that I don't really feel like doing yeah And then when, you know, when my mother or like my grandmother or like, you know, anyone who, who means something to me is doing that to me and there's no real, you know, no real discussion or not doing that together or not, you know, Mm. me not having like that responsibility and, and make choices for myself like that. I would say that's the biggest part where I feel, um, like I would have loved to have more, um, responsibility as a, as a child.
0: Right. Huh. Okay. Um, So the second set of questions, you kind of touched on this earlier on, but if a crystal ball could tell you the truth about anything, your life, your future, something that's already happened, what would you want to know? What are those secrets that you would want to kind of drag out of people at a dinner party if they had to (laughs) tell you the truth?
1: (laughs) It's funny because I'm not really thinking about something that helps me. It's I'm really more thinking about something that surprises me.
0: Oh, so like just pure curiosity. Yeah,
1: it's really the first thing I was like, oh, wow, what could I think of that I couldn't think of? (laughs) Uh, Like this type of thinking of of the most unknown, unknown things that Mm. realizing that shifts my perception um, significantly in areas like that would be, um, these are things I I really enjoy because I feel then, I, I feel that, you know, that expansion, that mm-hmm. growth. And and it always comes with this realizing that what I knew before, you know, maybe I was sticking too much to that and wasn't ready to let that go. And like that, that feeling of letting that go and then adopting to the new and, and that means growth and, and change that process. I always enjoy.
0: Hmm. Okay. Um, is there anything that you've dreamed about doing for a long time and why haven't you done it yet? Uh, I
1: actually dreaming. Not nothing that comes to mind. There are a couple of things, I, and I really want to differentiate because I think um, sometimes I I build these, um, you know, check marks or things that I somehow rationalize that I that that should be amazing or that's something I should be doing, and I I've done that in the past, and I want it to be more sensitive when I do that and don't feel it. Mm-hmm. um so for example i i somehow formed this idea to climb you know the highest mountains and then i did uh-huh. and then i realized like hey this is not what i want to do and um and and that happens frequently when i just like oh hey i'm going to travel to 100 countries and then i'm like oh maybe maybe not <laughs> and, <laughs>
0: um
1: so so i frequently have these um these you know big ideas for some reason, just to do something i think it has something to do you know with doing something special like right um, and, and that I, challenge yeah and i i want to go back to just feeling you know if that happens like if if i feel like traveling then you know maybe it ends up being 100 but but mm-hmm. it's never something i i want to do just to get there
0: right um, and so it's like the it, difference between the goal and the getting there so you know setting yeah. the goal of 100 you might actually just really hate the last 20 if you do that so and what's the point of that yeah exactly yeah Yeah.
1: so dreaming i would say one thing i i really really enjoy is is product creation processes so Mm -hmm. i don't have many skills in the specific craft but i love the creation process so Mm. food would probably be one of the things that i would love to be involved in um in a restaurant in that creative food process of creating a, an experience for people that is um, special and and they really enjoy it. Like that would be right. something I I've been planning on doing in some way and, and almost was almost did something and then Corona yeah. hit. And then now I, I yeah. think that's something um, that at some point I will do a space where people meet and, and uh, food plays a role and community plays a role. And that's something mm. I, I really am passionate about.
0: Hmm. Do you have um, a treasured memory? The question is actually, what is your most treasured memory? But maybe something like kind of a mental happy place that you go to when you are when you need a boost.
1: Mm. Oh, I love the mountains. Mm. I, there's nothing specific, but I, I do these visualizations where I open a door and I go through the m- place that makes me the most calm and happy and relaxed. And it's always mm-hmm. the mountains. Like mm-hmm. for... The last hundred visualizations, it's always the same um, feeling and it's, it's, you know, water and it's mountains and it's grass and green and trees. And it's kind of like actually the Salzburg region around like Austrian Alps and and Switzerland. And like, I just absolutely love this Mm -hmm. area. So that makes me really content. And so uh, lots of good memories connected to that of, of uh, being there with friends and spending time and with my girlfriend and like just great, great times.
0: Mm-hmm. So what roles do love and affection play in your life? How important, say, is family to you?
1: Um, pretty important. Mm. I um I haven't seen them actually, my my sisters and my mother in quite some time now, um, as I haven't traveled to Germany. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, family plays a big role. Um I'm not the tip not in a typical sense, like I'm not um, it, it's more an emotional thing for me. It's more that I can see, like that I can feel that I really care and that it really matters. Mm-hmm. But I'm not the guy calling them like four times a week or um, send. You know, it's 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 yeah. more in a way of for myself, which I you know should question at times. But it's really for me. I can feel that I really care about it.
0: Right. Okay. If you knew in one year that you were going to actually die suddenly, would you change anything about the way that you're living now?
1: Uh yeah definitely um because I think some things I'm doing for longer term and I would prepare things more mm. um like for example poker code for me is is I'm building this with a long term idea of um. You know, creating a strong community. And if I would if I would know like things change depending on the time scope. You know, if I would know I would leave in three months or or you know die in three months or or six months or twelve months or eighteen months, mm. like I would focus more on the things that um you know, bundle the things that I really, really enjoy and just spend time with the closest people um much, much more. Um that right. would be probably the biggest shift is like <laughs> rent a place somewhere. And just invite friends uh all the time and mm. you know, yeah.
0: Hmm. Okay, well what do you value most in a friendship? Are there any kind of deal breakers for you? Do your friends tend to have some kind of common characteristic?
1: Um <clears throat> I would say positivity is very important to me. Um, This, you know, you can call it um, love or or connection, like this, this feeling of warmth um, that even when things don't go so well, you don't remove or you don't attack or you don't hurt. It's like sometimes happens, but there's always this, this, um, this connection, like that's really important to me. Um, The second I would say is this curiosity and this openness, like that's, that's the combination of these two things um, is... The one is is just this idea that you know they're trying, like they're constantly letting go of things and and letting new things into their life, and then the trajectory is upwards. Like the, these, I would say are the for me two most important things in friendships.
0: Mm-hmm. When did you last cry in front of uh, another person or by yourself?
1: Um, maybe. I, I don't know exactly the time, but a couple of weeks ago, in front of my girlfriend, um, and just recently, actually, oh, just a, a day ago, a friend of mine um, lost um, a family member, and just, mm. just, uh, it, I don't know, just like how hearing him and 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 feeling him, that was just very intense for me,
0: right. Have you yourself ever been truly terrified? Have you ever gone through a moment of just kind of pure fear?
1: Um, there's these flashes in my relationship, um, especially in the beginning, where um, I, I would say I, I carry this fear of being left alone in me and, and just there are these moments when I feel like I'm not good enough or especially rel- relative to others or like I might mm. um, lose something that you know, I feel dependent on or am um, I, 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 um, value a lot. And, um, when that is the case, I, I can feel that, that fear and, uh, yeah. And then there's other fears. Like I, uh, I have actually a very strong, like that was really interesting for me to figure out recently is I always thought I have, I'm afraid of heights, uh-huh. um, but I'm not afraid of heights. I'm afraid of falling. Huh. I, I did um have some um accidents falling off things. Right. And, uh and I realized that because I can be high up somewhere as long as I don't um feel like it's a possibility to fall. hmm um, but then even sometimes when I'm just four meters up somewhere, like when I feel it's quite like, you know, when it's like a thin thing or right. know, it's shaky or something like that, then I realize, oh, I'm I'm scared of that. So there's different types of huh. uh, fears and
0: uh, yeah. Yeah. Fear is such a a strange thing because we don't even sometimes know where it comes from. It can be so, so buried so far deep back in sort of childhood memories or, you know, some little things that happened or were misunderstood or were frightening when we were kids. It can be really difficult to work on, I find. Um, Do you kind of come across people coming up against their own sort of strange fears when you're working with them through coaching and that kind of thing. Even with poker players, kind of like the fear of, I've seen a lot of like fear of kind of looking stupid in front of your peers. And so maybe people not, you know, addressing leaks in their game as much as they should because they don't want to look stupid in front of people. I don't know, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, that happens.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know that one happens because that's one of mine. (laughs) So (laughs) That was definitely one of mine for a lot of years. So Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained any quality or ability, what would it be?
1: Sorry, can you repeat the first part?
0: Sure. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained Mm -hmm. any one quality or ability, what would it be?
1: Claw. I mean, (laughs) um... there's li- different thoughts running through my head uh, one is uh, is the scope of the ability you know it can be mm. um can be something uh, you know in, in can you fly the, yeah you know, <laughs> it, or, or even you know f- um, um feeling um like just the the intensity of sensory right like always mm. knowing what people uh, think or or feel at any times so things like huh. that or just um but I w- I would choose something that isn't too overwhelming um but still very exciting. I would probably um Yeah, I I I really like the idea to to um to feel much much more intense. Right. Like myself and others, you know, and in 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 all aspects around like what I eat and and what I touch and what I see and what I smell and Hmm. and just sensory intensity uh, times <laughs> i don't know ten or or wow.
0: 20. if you could have that but you couldn't ever turn it off so it wasn't something you could choose in different moments you just had to have it at all times would you still want that
1: um yeah I think depends on wow. depends on how intense
0: uh, right yeah yeah when you you know you watch television shows about people who kind of Out of nowhere, gain the ability to read everyone's minds and how overwhelming that becomes. I always think about that. Like, it's one of those things we all kind of wish we could do. It'd be so much easier to know, you know, if we knew kind of what people were thinking, but not being able to turn it off and having all that extra input. I don't know, it kind of makes you think what -hmm. that would be like having that much going on in your own head.
1: Uh, I mean, it's a lot. It might be too much. Like it's, it's hard to say, mm. but I would I would give it a try.
0: <laughs> You're willing to give it a go. Okay. Um, another question here. This is a long one as well. If you were able to live until the age of 90 and keep either the mind or the body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life, which would you want? So that's if you were able to live to the age of ninety and keep either the mind or the body of a thirty-year-old for the last sixty years of life, which would you want?
1: Mm, I I think that question is so uh, dependent on if like what the mind means, right? Like mm. the body, I I feel is much more clear, but the mind um, w- will um, because I feel like I I don't necessarily feel like your mind needs to get much worse. Um, hmm. So, so I would think that uh, I hope that my mind is getting sharper um, beyond thirties. Um, so, right. Like, yes, of course, there's this part around like um, aging and, and, uh, yeah. but, but I think a lot has to do with pe- how people are living and not necessarily just with, with time. So I would, I would probably choose the body.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, do you think that there's anything that's too serious to be joked about?
1: Paul, Mm. I think anything can be done. Um, so (sighs) no, I, I mean, it will cause reactions and, um, but like in general, I, I'm, um, trying to remove myself more or just not, you know, not, uh, whenever I judge something, it's like, oh, this was, you know, you cannot make this joke about this. It's like, what, you know, I mean, why not?
0: Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Now this is another one here. Share an embarrassing moment in your life, if you can think of one. Um, and then let's talk about whether or not you're the kind of person who dwells on those moments or who lets them go. <laughs>
1: uh, hmm. I mean, one of the for me most embarrassing moments was and it's very poker related was in monte carlo i don't remember the exact year was 2014 or 15 or something like that Mm -hmm. and i um i lost a hand uh or i got all in on the turn against um phil board phil grissom right and uh (laughs) i i thought i was drawing dead and it was such an intense tournament like only um regulars and the 10k tournament and i think we were. 13 players left right and he in my opinion um played the hand really poorly and uh and uh, made a flush and i i was like in that moment it's i can still feel that that i was very much not um really connected in that moment and i just mm-hmm. like uh, snapped my hand and i like uh, threw all my like all my chips <sighs> were flying over the entire <sighs> table and i was just like so embarrassed i just oh. turned around and walked away and then the the most embarrassing part was that i didn't see that um i could still make uh, oh. a full house and right. so whenever i i made a full house <sighs> I had to come back and then I got a one round penalty. And then I was just like silently sitting there for like the rest of the tournament. So that was really.
0: That sounds incredibly embarrassing. (laughs) Were you able to kind of let that go? Because that would haunt me, honestly, because I'm sure I've done things not obviously in high rollers and whatnot, but very equivalent to that where you just kind of momentarily lose your, you know, your temper, your sense of self, whatever it is, but yeah. How do you let that kind of go? Mm,
1: I mean, it, it, that, that's what I meant before is like, it happened. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't intentionally like trying to, no. you know, it just happened like things happen. And I, I don't know, I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, wow, okay, this happened. And, and <laughs> I'm trying to feel into what, you know, how I was feeling in the moment and, yeah. and Um. Yeah, now it's more like an interesting experience uh, that I, I think showed a lot about me in that, um, in that time frame, and um, I learned a lot from that part for sure.
0: Yeah, I bet that's a really that's a really incredible way to look at it. I think, huh. I think I might take a bit of nugget out of that as well to my own life because, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's more of a snapshot into where you are in that moment and kind of. Trying to dig into it and figure out why you react in a certain way is a lot more productive, I guess, than sort of just burning with embarrassment every time you think of it. So yeah. I'm trying. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, a couple more questions. Um this one: if you were to die this evening with no chance to communicate with anyone, is there anything that you'd regret not having said? Uh
1: um I I would say the first thing I think of is are the things I think of without that scenario anyways like when I feel in a relationship um somewhat um burdened by something like I Mm -hmm. didn't express something or um yeah that that's that's the the first I had to think of so I was just going through like my close friends if I wanted to say something or my mother or my girlfriend and I would say, um, you know there's some smaller things that come to mind, but nothing major, so um
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah i feel I feel good about that part.
0: That's good, okay, well, the last question, your house, including everything that you own, catches fire after saving all your loved ones and any pets. you have time to make one final dash safely to save any one item. What would you save
1: um hmm. I would first of I wouldn't like I can realize now is like I wouldn't really have a strong urge to go back in (laughs) Um, so that I think is a good sign Um, yeah I would say uh, um so there's like some some things from friends but I this I, I think is fine like I might actually um I might actually go for a poker memory because these are the mm. only things where it's really, um, really like I, I don't have that many things where I connect a lot. So
0: mm-hmm. I would
1: probably go maybe, f- you know, for my bracelet. Like I, I don't have too many uh, yeah. things. Ah, my watch. Oh yeah. If I don't have my watch on, I would definitely take my watch. So
0: I, okay.
1: I have a really strong emotional uh, connection to it.
0: Right. What sort of watch?
1: Um, it's... It, it was um so I was walking by when I moved to Vienna I was walking by this watch store every like it was right to my um apartment Mm -hmm. and I was walking by it all the time and I just um I was walking by it and I saw this watch that I really aesthetically liked and then I was like no I I and wasn't really into like I wasn't even considering buying it and I was like okay (laughs) um if I make 100k I will buy this watch and so I Mm. was kind of making a plan of like how I can become independent with poker and, and start playing poker full time. And so four months later, I achieved that. And then I bought this watch. And somehow this really um, reminds me of that um, first of the time before, but also that transition to um, being independent, more independent and, and making my own money.
0: Right. Yeah, I can see why you'd save that. That's got a lot of sentiment attached to it. That's a big transition, right? When you think about yourself before the before you were able to buy that watch and you think about yourself now, what do you think is sort of the biggest difference in who you are as a person? Uh,
1: um the the outlook I would say mm. it's really i was um very um curious and uh also I think I had a rather m- a more negative outlook on life, you know a bit more. Huh um not not very obvious negative but more a bit uh you know always a step behind uh other people you know like not not openly like hey here you know like i'm going into this relationship and if you know if you hurt me then no problem no i was more like okay kind of um uh you know i get hurt and at, at some point i get hurt in any relationship like these type of thoughts Right. Yeah. And so I was a bit more cautious, like a bit more um, skeptical, critical. And I, I I feel like with every day, I'm letting that go a bit more.
0: Hmm. Cool. Well, that was the last question. Um, this has been incredible to kind of hear you talk through all of these things. I, I've never really spoken to you on this level before. I, I interviewed you for poker, but it's a mm-hmm. very different kind of interview. Um, So how was it for you? Oh, I enjoyed it. I'm oh, having good. a good time right now. Good, good. <laughs> That's really interesting. And you've given me a lot to think about, honestly, um, which I like. I'm going to go and write some things down and, and yeah, take a stab at a little bit more positivity as well. So I appreciate <laughs> that. So this is basically a free coaching session. What can I say? Thank you very much. <laughs> um, I
1: guess you're welcome, but I, uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it was fun for me too.
0: I'm really glad. Well, thanks for opening up. Thanks for coming on. And for everybody who's been listening, thank you all. I hope you feel like you know the person behind the cards and the results even better now. Join me next time on the Heart of Poker sponsored by 8, 8 Poker.